Hey again, and welcome back to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. In today's episode, we are going to be having a events roundtable special. So this is looking back at the role of events in 2023 post-pandemic and looking forward into the role of events for all of us in 2024. My guests today joining me are Manuel Lee, who is Corporate Marketing Director at Ardena, Eden Turner, who is Senior Conference Producer at Informa Connect Life Sciences, and our very own Catherine Hunter, who is a Senior Commercial Manager at Remarketing. Um, so in terms of who my guests are, a little bit more a background, Manuel is at Ardena, which is a fully integrated CDMO dedicated to advancing new molecules to clinical development. With over two decades of cross-industry experience, he has a unique blend of expertise in pharma, business development and marketing, and has more than 10 years of experience as a business development director within the CDMO space. His contributions were instrumental to the growth of ED Pharma and uh, the organization that later became part of Ardena background, Manuel and I have known each other for a long time. I think uh, as far back as 2009 or 2010, where we met as CPHI, uh, one of the really good guys in the sector. So delighted to have him on the show. Next up is Eden Turner, who received her BSc in Biological Sciences from Imperial College London. She went on to join and format as a conference producer for a couple of years and has now moved on to senior conference producer over the last few years working uh, as part of Informers Connect Life Science uh, bioprocessing portfolio, which has events across the globe. Uh, Her main interests include uh, cell line development, engineering, upstream, cell culture, manufacturing strategy, bioprocessing 4.0, and she is responsible for content creation and market outreach. And finally, Kat Hunter at Remarting has over a decade of experience in CRO and CDMO space across large and small molecules. Uh, with capabilities in a broad range of commercial disciplines, uh, Catherine supports BD, project management, and event coordination at Remarting. Uh, passionate about helping companies achieve their potential, she uses her business acumen to help ambitious companies fuel growth. And I have seen that firsthand. That indeed is exactly what she does. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please give us a nice kind rating. And at the very, very least, please share it with someone in the industry. Enjoy. Welcome to my guests who are here to talk about events in the sector as we are here at the back end of 2023. So without further ado, I'll let them introduce themselves. So Manuel, if you want to go first, followed by Kat and then Eden. Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me in the in the podcast. Um, my name is Manuel Leal. I'm the Corporate Marketing Director at Ardena. I've been uh, for over 10 years in the in the industry before as a business, business development director uh, and uh, Ardena is a CDMO company dedicated to supporting customers and bringing their their new molecules into clinics right? so that's the kind of um let's say angle that I will bring to the podcast thanks manuel and catherine let all us know a bit about you and your background and what you do now perfect thanks roman and thanks as well for the invitation to be part of this conversation. So I'm Kat Hunter. I'm a senior commercial manager at Remarketing. Uh, my background is actually in the industry. So I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry for over a decade now, actually on the industry side. So I've worked with a contract research organization, which was mainly a pharmaceutical technology company, primarily focused on drug development. So 
helping to improve product performance across different molecule classes, so small to large molecules, but also different dosage forms. So I've attended uh, a lot of events over the years that I've been in the industry um, on that side. And, and then I joined Remarketing earlier this year um, into the, the world of marketing agency. So recently attended CPHI as my first event with Remarketing as well. Looking forward to the conversation. Very much so. And uh, sounds like a great company, Remarketing, by the way, whoever. whoever <laughs> and then last but not least, Eden, tell us a bit about yourself. And you obviously bring a slightly different perspective to the conversation today. Hi, yeah, really glad to be here. Um, so I work as a senior conference producer or content producer uh, for Informa Connect Life Sciences as part of our large bioprocessing uh, portfolio. So yeah, I sort of work on the more technical sciencey bit, but uh, excited to chat with everyone today about events that I've worked in for five years now. And Eden, just just before we kind of get going, give give people you know people will know Informa as you know the CPHI organizer and the organizer of lots of different events in the sector. So just so our listener kind of you you fit your kind of one piece of the puzzle if you like of that lot huge machine we you know i suspect yeah so um cphi is part of our sister organization so they run the massive trade show elements um we also have ebd that also run um pharmaceutical uh, networking elements and i work on the more large-scale conferences um uh, part of the pharmaceutical sector again um uh, so yeah we're more content focused Okay, understood. And Bioprocessing International would be an example of one of the events that sits with it. Yeah, yeah. And we also, we have MedTech, um, Clinical Trials, Europe, um, many, many events we run. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for that. That's good to give our audience a bit of clarification. And a, a few of you have mentioned CPHI and we're just all off the back of CPHI. We were all there. I don't know how it felt like for you guys, but it felt like one of the busiest events I've, I've certainly ever been to. And it's funny because I reflect on all three of you guys and because of through events over the years is probably where I've met all of you. So it seems fitting that to have you guys on the podcast. So, you know, let's start by kind of reflecting on the year that we've just had from an events perspective. So Eden, I'm going to start with you in terms of you know, you know, off call, we talked about some of the kind of record numbers you guys are experiencing. So talk us through kind of how successful your events have been this year. And are you seeing more and more people attending some of your events? Yeah, it's been a really exciting year for us. Um, obviously, off the back of COVID, uh, and everyone had to do conferences from their desk behind a screen. They couldn't see anyone. It's a little bit little bit sadder um but now we're coming back <laughs> now we're coming back people can see each other face to face uh excited to get traveling again um so yeah we're seeing a, a nice a nice surge in people wanting to come and participate and be involved and it's just yeah it's nice to see our halls busy uh, uh we were uh, we were both at cphi um a couple of weeks ago weren't we Roman? And, and we were just saying that was absolutely packed yeah, it really was. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was giggling there as you were talking about the virtual events. And uh, ironically, I think I started drinking more during virtual events just to kind of keep it more keep it more interesting. <laughs> um, um, Manuel, let, let's talk about you, your perspective in terms of 
You guys attend lots of different types of events all over the world every single year from our Dana. How is, you know, how, how important have the events been for you guys this year? Events is essential, are essential for us as a, as a way to, to get closer to our customers, uh, to the market. It's, it's, it's fundamental for us. And of course, as you mentioned, we attend to well, few few dozens of events actually, and and it's uh, we try to to attend to different type of events. Yes. So, of course, we have attended CPHI, and I agree it's been extremely busy and extremely positive. But um, uh, we, we attend to many events, and in the end, what we are looking is to to have let's say the right kind of audience, yeah? because since we're covering since from drug substance development to drug product development and nanomedicines and bioanalysis and a very wide range of services sometimes we go to ev- we go to events that can let's say cater to all of our platform let's say services and in, in some cases we go to much more narrow events so, so thankfully uh, we are back from the pandemic and, and I think the events are absolutely in full swing uh, it's it's back to normal I as far as, as, as we can say and uh, we're glad about it as I mentioned it's, it's a it's a key uh, marketing tool for us very good, and I absolutely agree with everything you said there. And and Kat, from your perspective, you know, you and I chat about which events to go to and how successful events are. And you obviously bring a couple of perspectives because you spent you know the best part of a decade uh, representing a CRO business as well. How how would you say the events you've attended in twenty twenty three have been versus previous years? I think they very much kind of feel back to. I say an inverted commas normal, but even better than that, really. I think, you know, certainly, um, you know, as as Eden mentioned earlier, during COVID, it was a very different way of doing things. It was the only way we had of doing things. Um, but now, you know, events, particularly in the last six months, I would say they feel very busy. There's a buzz. There's a real kind of um, energy in the industry to get back to having those face-to-face conversations. And I think there truly is nothing really that that beats that. And I think certainly people are are re-realizing that. I think there was probably a school of thought during COVID or just post-COVID that said, actually, there's a lot of efficiency here. We can do things from our desk. We can dip in and out a bit. You know, we can keep up with the day job a little bit easier than actually physically, you know, traveling on a flight and going to a different city for three days. But the reality is that it's sort of both the tangible outcomes from that in terms of, you know, revenue, building relationships, et cetera, but also the intangibles in terms of, you know, the brand awareness and everything else you gain from just being in the same place as so many industry professionals. I think that has absolutely kind of really come back to the fore, uh, as I say, particularly in the last six months or so. So I think just to echo what Eden and Manuel have both said, really, I think there's nothing that can replace events in that sense. And I think certainly... Um, in terms of the excitement, it feeling like it's successful, but also it is absolutely an essential component, I think, for everyone who works in this space to to be there and to just be feeling those tangible and intangible benefits, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like what you said there about the buzz aspect. That's something I've definitely picked on. There's a great energy at many of the events that I attend to, despite the fact that the market is tougher than previous years it is uh, there's definitely that feel for that so thanks for that Kat. and you know we're, we're sat here at you know the the final quarter of 2023 and I, I suspect a lot of our listeners you know whether they're in commercial business development roles or technical roles or even you know kind of tertiary investors and private equity and other people that 
listen to the podcast. And we're all probably thinking about what events should we be attending in 2024? The dreaded uh, schedule of events that comes around in a, in a spreadsheet that we've seen a million times over the years. So Manuel, let's start with you because you mentioned something interesting in that you, the way you guys think about events, you obviously have narrow focused ones, you've got the big trade booth. So how are you guys thinking about which events to attend in 2024? Yeah, it's inter- interesting because we we really try to analyze uh, based on what type of return we get. Of course, this is a, let's say, this a long cycle of, uh, of business eh? because since we get in contact with the customer until we might eventually start collaborating with them, it might be months. So, um, but in any case for us, we have some metrics to analyze uh, every event we go to because we go to so many events and we try to standardize that and analyze and then eventually be a little bit clinical about decisions uh, repeating events not repeating events increasing our presence or, or 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 the opposite so yeah in the end everything gets you know we it's, it's I would say it's one of the or the main driver of our marketing budget every year uh, the the attendance to events and we have uh, 20, 25 plus colleagues involved in attending lots of events uh, over the world. So, so yeah, it's a it's a dreaded moment as you mentioned. It's a lot of work, but it's uh, it's necessary and it's necessary a little bit to 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 on the one hand analyze the kind of this kind of colder metrics, but also to make sure that qualitatively it's also a good fit because maybe sometimes you attend to an event and the first time is not the best time, right? Because it's the first time you are introducing yourself into a specific type of conference or event and maybe it's a matter of going a second time just to make a, a full opinion. No? And we also take that into consideration. And you, you touch on a couple of points around budget in ROI, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that thought, Manuel, and come back to you in a, in a few minutes about that. Cap, from your perspective, you know, as you look at the events next year, you know, and you know, as a global business, as a an agency that works with clients all over the world, how do you, you know, you know, collectively within the team think about which events to be, you know, to be attending? You know, is it the narrow ones? Is it the more the more social ones? Is it the more traditional trade ones? I think it's probably a mixture of all of them, to be honest, Roman. Um like you say, I think it's it's sort of looking at it in the round, um, understanding. I think the the key thing for, well, probably for any business is making sure you're aligning the events that you're planning to attend with the objectives that you have at those events. So there'll be certain conferences or events, for example, where, you know, there'll be much heavier investor attendance, for example, or it may be a little bit more technical in terms of the presentations and looking at key trends and topics or you know, perhaps wanting to position the business in a thought leadership perspective within a particular uh, therapeutic area, for example. So I think it's all about trying to kind of marry up what are we trying to achieve as a business along with that event schedule and what that looks like. So, you know, some of it could be territorial, you know, maybe making sure that brand awareness or presence in in a particular territory like Europe or North America is becoming stronger. Um, And I think there's so many more and more events that are kind of popping up on the calendar some smaller, some much larger. So I think making sure that those objectives are properly married up against the right events, I think is key. And then links back perhaps to Manuel's point too around that will give you better potentials to see that return on the investment of attending as well. And and Eden, 
you obviously bring a different perspective in terms of you know being an event organizer as someone that is kind of hosting these these shows for, for for us to attend how how do you think we as an industry should be assessing events right you know so so Manuel and Kat and myself and pretty much everyone else listening to this podcast probably has a hundred events listed on a spreadsheet how should we be assessing which ones to go to yeah it's a great question um I think you know you've really got to consider um, as the event organizer you know we have to meet the needs of our potential audience and i think it's important for events to stick to their identity you know you're going to have you're going to have your big trade shows and you're going to have uh, your more content heavy conferences and then conversely from that i think the companies uh, need to think about what their needs are and who is best going to meet those needs are you know are you attending to further your techniques look for new technologies look at how people are using it are you looking for the content or or are you looking for partnerships and do you need to go to more uh networking based ones where you're not really there for the content that's not really going to help you you don't need it um so uh yeah i think very much looking at what you're looking for and then choosing the most appropriate event for you is important yeah, and I think that very much aligns with what Kat said about making sure there is real alignment in purpose you know, for why you are actually attending a show. I think Manuel can probably definitely speak to there's definitely been times where a classic sales guy keeps going back to the same event because they've been there a million times <laughs> without any sense of whether it's actually worth it or not. But And that, that kind of leads me to something Manuel mentioned before, which is budget and ROI. So, you know, I remember being head of marketing for a CDMO and and sitting there thinking, wow, 75% of my budget every single year is going on events, of which half of that was actually just CPHI. And I always scratched my head to kind of think if that was a good return of investment. So, Manuel, how do you think about budget allocation for events and also kind of link to that, what, what, how do you assess ROI for events to then justify that budget on an annual basis? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, there's no, no magic, reci- magic recipe. Yeah? In the end, it's a matter of uh, you know, trial and error in, in, in many cases until you have your own kind of way to, to analyze them. So in our, in our case, we try to, as we mentioned, go to different type of events. Uh, and, and in the end, if we don't get... Uh, what well, enough um, return? I mean, the return is not necessarily direct business because, as I mentioned before, in our case, the, the life cycle of the of the business is quite long, so it would be not fair to ask for immediate conversion. But at least having enough, let's say, interesting conversations with uh, with new customers, with new partners, with uh, sometimes with existing customers that we don't see face to face, right? So this we we analyze. And then it's a matter also of, in our case, of, of um, you know, writing, finding the right um, critical mass within a niche audience, right? Because we are not targeting, uh, let's say, uh, a huge amount of companies, which in the end is a narrow uh, approach. Uh, so we need to get closer to these audiences, and that's a challenging part. So in our case, budget allocation is based on on what every, uh, let's say, 
service we offer needs, uh, what, what type of conference uh, you know, really could make sense for, for every event and also geographically. So it's a combination of um, you know, business uh, needs for every one of our uh, services we provide, general over, overall um, active, you know, events for all of our services, plus the geographical coverage and so it's it's not easy. Let's say not easy. It's a let's say it's a it's a big matrix. Yeah, and and I I appreciate the fact that that's why I asked you the most difficult question, Manuel. <laughs> is that there is there is no magic formula, isn't it? And I mean, Kat, you and I were chatting at CPHI in that we met many years. You know, many years we would bump into each other at CPHI, and ultimately you actually, Kat, you ended up coming to work for for a marketing, and that was never part of the plan as such we just kind of stayed in touch and i think that's probably very reflective of the roi of events over years where you just you see people again and again you meet them again and again and, and you never know what what the future holds or where things go so Kat, i suppose prior to remarketing if you know when you were on the kind of cro cdmo side how did you have a similar view to Manuel in terms of your kind of matrix for analyzing return on investment when it came to actually attending events and deciding which ones to reattend? A hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's it's all about sort of as 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 uh, Manuel said. There's there's an ability to see a revenue return, but then there's also an ability in one place to meet a lot of existing contacts, potentially to be moving discussions forward. So I think it's all about kind of looking at it in the round and kind of what is it the business needs at the moment? Um, how did that event, you know, perform for us previously? And what does it look like this year in terms of how it's shaping up? What are the costs looking like? And just trying to take that on a, a case by case basis. But I think the key thing was always making sure there was a plan ahead as well. Um, you know, events, they have to be planned for properly. There has to be time built in to really put in that legwork because I think otherwise, if you're expecting a return on the back of it, then it's going to be very difficult to see that. So I think, you know, as Manuel said, these are mountains to climb often, particularly for big trade shows, but even the smaller ones, just to make sure you have the collateral that you need. You've set up as many interesting conversations in advance where you know people are going to be engaged and wanting to talk to you for whatever reason that you're there that you're able to really capitalize on having that audience all in one place. It saves on, you know, 15 plus um, separate flights to go visit clients or potential clients at their own sites. And then it just gives you that efficiency, but also that level of um, sort of activity, if you like, to be able to potentially see a return. So very much it's sort of all about kind of looking at those opportunities in the round, really. You're listening to Molecule to Market where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Actually, Manuel probably has, agrees with that. Is that. You know, there is huge efficiency from attending one of these events where you meet lots of people in one go versus obviously flying all over the world, seeing these places or, or you know, going to different places to see different people. So I think that's a really good good point that you've made there. And I want to switch gears slightly. Um, one of the, and Eden, this one's coming for you, uh, or coming to you. One of the biggest complaints that I think I've heard in the last couple of years at industry events in our sector has been, it's almost jam-packed with suppliers and people selling, but not enough 
buyers. So Eden, how do you see the engagement from the buy side? So if if we if we look at the, the specific from a biopharma perspective, are there enough biotech companies? Are there enough emerging biopharma companies? Are there enough big pharma companies attending events to be able to satisfy the investment that the the kind of vendor space is, is making? Yeah, it's a, a great point. And it's one, you know, we always try and do our best to address that balance at our events. Uh, um, and we try and be as successful with that as we possibly can. Um, uh, I mean, the pharmaceutical sector is a is a growing market. There's, you know, you've got your classic large companies, your Pfizer, your Sanofi, your Bayer, etc., um, that are long-standing, been around for a long time, and then you've got new ones popping up all the time, little startups, etc. Um, so th- there's definitely the the customers are there. Um, but it's also just a very competitive market as well, even in the conference space, because because that sector is growing, then the conference sector grows along with it. Um, and I think that goes back to um the previous question when when choosing which ones to go to. You know, you have to pick your pick your needs, who's who's best gonna meet what you need for that. But yeah, I think it's a growing area. I wouldn't say there's um, not worth doing them. But there's CDMOs and CROs, etc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope not, because that would send you out of business if that was yeah. the case. So, <laughs> it, uh, well, that's, that, that's great. Uh, and I think, Manuel, w- w- what's your take on that? Are you, you know, Eden says there's, you know, the, the sector is growing, the sector is vibrant, we're seeing more and more buyers at the event. Is that... And you don't have to agree with Eden. Uh, you can you can give your perspective. What what are you seeing? Are you seeing more buyers attending events, or are you seeing a kind of you know this kind of sense of oh my god, everyone here is a competitor or a potential partner, but there's not enough clients here? Well, again, it depends on the events. For us, the events we 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 go time and time again are events which will have let's say that has enough. Um, critical mass of uh, of companies attending and, and, and different representation of different companies, big pharma, smaller smaller companies, startups, biotechs. So, and again, there are not there's not a clear cut answer. There are events and events, uh, and not all of them are successful in terms of the amount of uh, let's say customer based or customer type of of um, of, uh, of visitors. Let's say you know for for a service provider like like uh, like us, for instance. No? So. And that that's definitely one of the of the of the decision point for us in order to whether we we repeat or not an event. And a couple of you have mentioned COVID and the pandemic and kind of what happened during that time. And you know, one of the observations I had was kind of this switch towards virtual events. And Kat, you talked about this in terms of this sense of oh, this this is the new world, and actually, I'm happy to you know press a button and be on a virtual table and then do a Zoom call with the guy sat next to me. But I think you've seen from the comeback events have made in the last year that that, that is kind of, that hasn't sustained. So from your perspective, Kat, do you, how do you think about virtual events? And is there anything from that time during the pandemic that has kind of survived that you think 
has actually benefited the way that we do events or have we more or less gone back to normal? It's almost like it's been phased out, isn't it? So there was a period of time, like obviously COVID was fully digital, fully online. Everyone was thinking this is this is pretty efficient. And as I said before, I think there was a school of thought that said that was probably here to stay. And then sort of coming out the other side, you ended up with some kind of hybrid somewhere in between where there was sort of part digital or for those that perhaps still had stricter travel restrictions. Then there was still a digital element, but then the on the ground option as well. And then more and more, I think we're moving back to, um, as you say, almost business as usual and things having slid back to where they were pre-COVID. And I think almost that transition describes the journey in a way um, and almost the thinking process evolving during that time from, yes, this is great and efficient. I can keep on top of things alongside doing events a bit easier, that actually that value of being face to face with someone is just so important and you can actually make so much more progress in the same amount of time. If you're across the table from someone, you're actually able to just look into the whites of someone's eyes and you just build that relationship, you build that trust so much more quickly, I think. So I think that the hybrid in the middle step option was probably the 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 transition. And I think because there was the on the ground option, the hybrids, in my view, probably didn't see as much engagement. So it was quite quite a challenge really then to feel like you were actually participating at a value that was going to give you the same return on the investment of being involved as to if you'd actually just made the journey. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably my perspective on that one. Thank you for that. And Eden, from your perspective, what what has survived from you know from COVID, from you know this kind of sense that we're all going to go digital and do virtual events, and no one's going to go past you know, go back to events? What is there anything that's really survived from a, I suppose, from an offering perspective? You know, kind of now we've gone back to some kind of normality. Yeah, I love this question because I think the the whole uh, doing digital online conferences sort of brought I will use a buzzword here of digitalization. I think it just sort of brought us into the future of kind of where we need to be. So we have definitely kept elements of online events that I think have just enhanced what we do, not hindered. So now we record everything on site. So uh, people can watch it back and afterwards catch things they've missed. We run multi-track events, so people have to choose what they want to listen to, but now they don't have to. They can just watch the ones they missed back later. Um, and now we can we have better remote... And do people, do people actually do that, Eden? I mean, I'm... Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Do, you. do people actually do that, right? So do you see in your statistics that you know people have missed the event and then they'll watch it online or they'll look at the different track presumably you guys can track this from a metrics perspective do you see a decent level of engagement you know when people have missed things or 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 whatever i think there is a certain amount of once people leave the event they're back to their normal day-to-day job and the event is a is a distant memory there's definitely those people of course um, but we do uh, get people who are keen to have the login information to watch it back and, and they ask on site, am I going to be able to watch this later? Um, so it, it's definitely an incentive for people. They do in, 
enjoy that element. Uh, I would say the engagement is probably less now we do have the in-person element back, but I think if we took it away, people would be upset. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to upset anyone out there. So, no, I, I just, I think it's really enhanced it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And it, it kind of leads me nicely on to something that I was going to ask about younger people coming into the industry. And Manuel, you and I probably as the elder statesman on this uh, conversation, you, you and I, you and I met. I think, you know, a good 15, 10 or 15 years ago at a CPHI and, and have built a great relationship and friendship in that time. And and it reminds me a little bit about, you know, where people work from home all the time and they, they don't get the opportunity and the experience of working with other people around them. They kind of don't get that human connection. And one observation that I had from CPHI recently was we had younger team members that had not been there before. And I could see their eyes opening to the world of not just you know, attending a fantastic city like Barcelona for work, but actually meeting people in person, starting to build those relationships, meet new people in that kind of networking piece. So my question's a bit around, you know, are these in-person events attractive enough to in you know, to attract, you know, younger people? Or are we living in an age, to your point, Eden, where they're happy to do the digitization and they're happy to do the virtual piece? And Manuel, I know as a, as a father of a few kids, you might have, a, have a, a kind of a take on this as well. Like, you know, are, they, are the events attractive enough to get younger people to come out there and, and actually want to be there in person? I don't think so, honestly. I mean, it's not that, that, that long ago that we were young, right? So, so we have been attending for events for, for quite some time. And actually, attending events gives you this kind of, you know, networking. And also, we have been discussing about you know, cold facts, uh, ROI, etc. But there is also the, let's say, the serendipitous encounter with someone and, you know, that, that you maybe don't know too much, but, you know, it, it just gives you the possibility to, to um, you know, to establish a relationship, right? So in, in the end, I, 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 I would say they are equally interesting. I would, I would, I would, um, I w- definitely I would not go for a digital only, even for, for the, for the younger generation, uh, definitely, I think that, that uh, in-person events play a big role, also a formative role in the industry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and Kat, you probably you kind of a bit of a hybrid of, of both of these things because obviously you've you've had that exposure to the digitization piece, but you've obviously spent several years at events. Like from your perspective, do you think, let's say, you have a team of ten people, would you? actively encourage the, those younger people in the team to get out and about and, and attend events or are you happy for them to sit behind their screens and phones and, and all that kind of stuff? I think it's absolutely vital for, for everyone to kind of experience these events. Um, I think as Manuel and, and Eden have both inferred as well, really, like there's just nothing that can prepare you for being in that environment, being surrounded by amazing minds you know being just immersed in the industry in that way for say three days when you're at an event like cphi and it's funny there was some colleagues attending cphi with me this year who hadn't actually been to cphi before and i was trying beforehand to kind of explain sort of the scale and the just the enormity of it and i was sort of left saying at the end of the sentence i've sort of tried to describe it there but i honestly think when you arrive tomorrow it will still be a surprise kind of how big it is and 
just how it feels being in that environment and interacting, having the opportunity to interact with um, all these different individuals from the industry. And I think that sort of breadth and depth of knowledge and understanding people from different roles, people of different ages, occupying different roles in so many different types of company. I think absolutely, you know, as you say, if I was leading a team of 10 people, I would certainly be encouraging them all to get to at least one event throughout the year that would really sort of play into perhaps their particular skills and interests. But then I think that would only just enhance what they were able to then deliver. As you put it, Roman kind of sat behind their screen when they get back um, after the event as well, really. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, great, great advice there. And and so let's just reflect as we kind of move towards the, the back end of the, you know, events have been great this year. Lots going on, you know, even from your perspective, you know, events are continuing to grow and, you know, the Cat and Manuel, you're expecting to see attendance at events go up next year, you know, more buyers at events. Obviously, there's always that budget ROI calculation piece and, you know, there is certainly a, a necessity from a business development perspective, but also from an experience perspective for younger people. So let's talk about sustainability and in particular climate impact. I think one of the interesting challenges we're going to have in the next few years as a as an industry is I think this is going to become a, a huge issue. So is it responsible of us to be flying all over the world attending events, particularly when it's the shows like a CPHI or a bio where you are taking, it's not just a team flying all over the world, but it's actually you're shipping goods, you're shipping merchandise, you're shipping uh, booths and all that kind of stuff as well. Manuel, you know, you, you're very much in the eye of the storm in terms of you know what clients are looking for and uh, you know what what advances they are wanting their you know suppliers and partners to have. Has this become as is this on your radar yet? Um, as as a potential issue or as a factor to limit the amount of travel that your team will do i mean sustainability is, is always uh, you know it's a growing topic right uh, in 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 everyone's lives let's say and, and of course in, in each companies but it's true that uh, if you think about it uh, if we are not attending events then how are we going to be let's say doing new business right uh if any, if if let's say if no one is attending events, then we have to go to the all, all, you know the other way of meeting. If we want to meet in person with people, because there is a value in meeting in people in person with the with with the customers and prospects, then we have to. Sometimes maybe we can rely on uh, video conference and in some occasions, but not, not always, right? So you have to go travel. By going to events, you can kind of centralize as well. Is it completely 100% sustainable? No, I would say no. But um, let's say that it's it's not, I mean, our, our priority is while keeping sustainability as much as possible is of course to grow and, and to, let's say, increase our presence in the market as well, right? And that I guess that's something that is kind of a work in progress, not the sustainability and probably I'm in the same situation than many of, of my, my peers in the industry. Kat, any thoughts from your perspective? I think it's certainly, as you say, really, and as Manuel said, it's an increasing area of focus. And I think it, it plays into the kind of the discussion we had earlier around um, what events are we attending and why 
And that, I suppose, in this case, in sustainability point of view, comes into the sort of who is going and how. <laughs> so, you know, is someone able to get there who's actually closer geographically? Um, are they then able to deliver on the objectives we've had from that conference? You know, is there an ability to offset those emissions, for example? And I think then it also, you know, I guess sitting from a remarketing side of the table, plays into kind of the practicalities of how companies are then presenting themselves at those shows. So, you know, is what's there actually matching up to what the um, ESG, you know, presentation of the company actually says? So, you know, is the merch all full of plastic and, you know, et cetera? Are the booths made of unsustainable materials? And actually, yes, okay, we may have cut down on our emissions in terms of flights, but is there just a broader impact? So I think, as Manuel says, really, it's sort of keeping it for front and center, but then also kind of taking these other things into consideration. So I think there's just, there is easy wins or quick wins, if you like, in terms of ways that that can be managed if you've got a, a bigger team, perhaps slightly harder if you're in a smaller organization. But as I say, people go and who are closer by and that kind of thing. Great points there. And Eden, how do you guys sit from a responsibility perspective, I suppose? I mean, it's a double-edged sword for you guys, right? Because I presume you want to be seen to be, you know, sustainable and doing the right thing. But at the same time, getting getting bums on seats at shows is how you guys make your money. So is this is this a tricky one for you guys? Is there any conversations happening internally or is you know, it's your job simply just to get people out of events. Yeah, I mean, well, well, that 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 is our job, um, but obviously, uh, sustainability is a big thing for every company, regardless of your industry or or, or sector, even. Um, and I just uh, to to Manuel's uh, point, you know, about how actually, if you've got a date and time where all your uh, customers uh, and or potential customers are all going to be in the same room, instead of going door to door that surely that's ideal and and cat's point about geographies you know we do geo clones of our events uh, to make them easier for people to get to and we're constantly now it is a big aim for us to think about how we can make our events more sustainable so you know we recycle our signage we don't let vendors bring all the um lots of little leaflets and bits of plastic to give away um we're recycling our lanyards and you know they, they might seem like little things as well but it's i think it's sort of almost every little helps baby steps you know as manuel to manuel's point it, we're never going to be a hundred percent sustainable but if you want to balance business development and needs with the the travel and the uh, environmental impacts i think we're on our way to doing a much better job for that okay guys final final question or final word from you guys and actually it's a it's a very simple question which is which is the one event that you guys are most excited about attending in 2024 and why so manuel for you which is the one event that Actually, let me ask the question a different way. If we, if you had to get rid of all the events and you could just keep one, Manuel, which would it be for you and why? Well, that's 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 the question, right? <laughs> uh, no, I would say that for us probably would be uh, bio in the US, probably 
because it has a right mix of uh, of um, let's say a cri- definitely critical mass. You have lots of companies. It's the right kind of. It's addressing the right type of uh, of, uh, of of target audience for us. And um, it's uh, there are of course m- many companies attending, also service provider, but this is a, this is a good good mix. So I would say I would say that yes. Perfect. Cut. I think I would say CPHI um, for similar reasons as Manuel, actually. So, you know, from the point of view of, of the, the client base, the potential to meet new and, and uh, existing customers, as well as those that are perhaps new uh, opportunities. I think just the, the sheer volume and size of the show, it would be hard to kind of rule that out, you know, in terms of 50 plus thousand people being in one place, the opportunity for meetings, the opportunity for you know, supporting panel discussions or speaker opportunities, just the breadth of opportunity that show brings from both the direct sort of revenue discussion point of view, as well as the incidentals, I think would be hard to lose. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. And Eden, from your perspective, which is the one event that we should all be attending next year from from within your portfolio? Uh, well, I just love uh, BWB, our Biotech Week Boston, um, that occurs in uh, September and we have several different events going on uh, at the same time. We have our Bioprocess International, our Cell and Gene Therapy. Um, we have an, that comes with the awards. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that we've all sort of, we have picked the large events because, the, as Kat said, they're difficult to ignore. Um, but I hope if there, you are working on a new niche area or industry, you will look at the smaller ones as well. Uh, don't forget about them. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and interesting enough, I would I wouldn't have said any of those events. Actually, I would have said uh, Decat would have been my favorite, but that's just because I like eating and drinking swanky New York bars more than anything. So that was more about me, and uh, and that's a great. I think that's a great place to end today's roundtable discussion. Thank you to my guests, Manuel, Kat, and Eden for coming on, taking the time, and sharing their expertise and insights and. I suppose predictions for the year ahead. And if you listen to the podcast, we obviously wish you a great year ahead in terms of the events that you go to and look out for for these guys at said shows. Thanks again, guys, for being guests on Molecule to Market. Thank you, Roman. Thanks, Roman. So thank you to my wonderful guests today, Manuel, Eden, and Kat. What a great discussion that was. So much insight for you guys to take into your event planning for 2024 and ahead. Um, great to just, I suppose, hear about how successful have events have been in the last 12 months. So a real comeback that they've that they've had uh, off the back of the pandemic and uh, interesting conversation around budget planning and ROI and how to do that and how to think about events uh, kind of as part of your kind of planning process it's very clear to me that the guys all find events as a crucial part of the kind of marketing mix and part of the business development process and i suspect it will be the same for you guys uh, really interesting conversation towards the back end around sustainability and climate and how we have to balance that against obviously being out and about in meeting other people in the industry and the role that that seems to continue to have. I mean, Kat mentioned about the buzz in the sector continuing to be uh, very significant at the minute. And certainly you wouldn't want to be missing out on that kind of stuff. So I think on the whole, a very uh, positive reflection on 
the role of trade events and conferences within our space. So uh, hopefully this podcast will help you guys in your uh, you know planning procedures for 2024 and spreadsheets that you're putting together to decide where to invest your dollars. Really hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to my team, as always, for pulling uh, the podcast together. And if you liked the episode, please like it and share it. Take care, and I'll hopefully see you at one of these events very soon. Bye. Hi again. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Really hope you enjoyed the episode. For more shows, have a look on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, wherever you like to listen. And do make sure that you subscribe so the next episode comes direct to your device automatically. And please get in touch via our website, uh, Molecule to Market Pod, or via LinkedIn or Twitter. We love to hear from you. So if you have a guest that you want to suggest or someone in your organization that you think would make a great guest on Molecule to Market, then please let us know. We'll see you very soon. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile and generate leads in life sciences.